We need your second opinion. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. This beat, Paulie. Harrison Bader. I'm ready for baseball. Like, I'm ready to go back to the Bronx. Watching Aaron Judge on Jimmy Fallon last night. I think I put it on my Twitter. I was like, you can't watch this and not miss the stadium. Fallon's talking about why don't you wave to me? Like, I sit right behind the dugout talking to Judge. Like, you see me, you don't wave to me. And Judge is talking about his walk-up song and his choices for his walk-up song and how he chooses it. Uh, he let us all know that really the reason that he signed was because him and Rizzo, their dogs are BFFs. Couldn't break up the dogs, you know. Kevin and Penny, they, they got to stay next to each other. And, you know, he also let us in on the fact that he didn't know he was going to be named captain. How How is that not on the negotiating table? How is that the last thing? I, I thought he was, you know, just kind of playing to the cameras. I think we all kind of knew that Judge was going to be the next captain. But, of course, he couldn't have known. But I feel like if you're negotiating with a player that is your guy that you drafted um, and then he becomes a free agent, you should probably put it on the table like, hey, you sign here, you're captain. He let us know that once he agreed to sign, at the end, Hal said, yeah, and we're going to make you the 16th captain of the New York Yankees. I enjoyed it. Uh, Judge, I think, is just like becoming the king of New York for real. What does that mean? You know, in his walk-up song, which is Hello by Pop Smoke, you know it if you've been to Yankee Stadium or if you watch the game, you hear that little bit of the lyric where Pop Smoke says, I'm the king of New York, mellow. And I think that's really like the main reason that Judge chose that song. Also, A Boogie is on that song, who is from High Bridge in the Bronx, which is right around the corner from the stadium. So the song fit, but I feel like Judge, after the year that he just had, uh, I already mentioned being time athlete of the year, the money that he just cashed in, and uh, just the love that he gets from fans. He is the king of New York. He was at the Drake show uh, over the weekend, and the fans start the Let's Go Yankees chants for him. Like, that's Jeter-esque, you know? And I feel like he's coming into his own and his own personality now that he is locked in for nine years here, that he is the captain. And the next thing to do to solidify all that is win the World Series. Win a ring. Bring a championship back to the 27-time champs so that we can end this chase for 28, be the 28-time champs, and have our parade. Then Judge is the king of New York for real. All right, back to the phones we go. We're going to get back into the Hall of Fame conversation. But first, let's talk to my guy, Gene and C. Caucus. What's up, Gene? Hey, Keith. How are you, my man? I'm great. Thanks for calling in. And you know what I'm going to talk about, right? Yeah, because when we last spoke, you know, yes, I, I know, I know. <laughs> but listen, as Cowboy fans, we got to talk about this. And I'm curious, what's your take? I mean, I missed you yesterday. What, what was your opinion of... Um, uh, the game. Did I'm fed up. It? Were you surprised? I, I uh, was. I was done at halftime. I just. I've. I've seen it. I, I watched it all year, and I could tell it was one of those games where our defense showed up. The Dallas Cowboys defense was there. They held them to 19. Probably could have held a little more if they actually scored. But you know, the, 
just with Brett Maher. Before the game started, Brett Maher was trending. Jerry Jones had to come down and give him a hug. You can't trust your field goal kicker. Yeah. You can't trust this guy going into the game and it changes your whole game plan, right? You don't have a kicker. So you're thinking you're you're not going to be able you they they put in a whole package of two-point plays for this game. So just just not having the confidence in your kicker changes your approach. Tony Pollard goes down. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, all right, there's that's right. There's yeah. no way. There's no way. Tony Pollard goes down and Malik Davis, who's the third string running back, who's definitely faster than Zeke, younger than Zeke, not as experienced as Zeke, but would have been more dynamic in that game. He gets three snaps. They give all of the carries and all of the running back duty to Ezekiel Elliott moving forward. That that that's not a threat. The 49ers are laughing. At Ezekiel Elliott running um, his little two, three yard gains. And then it's all on whose shoulders? Of course, Dak Prescott, who hasn't been able to put together back to back games this season without throwing a pick. The guy missed five games and he led the league in interceptions. So I had seen it before. I'm like, okay, there's the first stupid Dak pick. I know he's going to throw a second, and watching that game, he could have thrown four or five. Right. There was there yeah. was other opportunities where the you know hands like feet, the defense couldn't catch the ball, but he could have turned that ball over probably four or five times in the air. He's not good enough, and I'm over it. I, I can't keep supporting him. There's no defense for it in the biggest game of the year. You are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys making $40 million a year. you got to take care of the football. I'd rather you eat it. I'd rather you throw the ball away, throw the ball on the ground, than to turn it over because that was the game. Those possessions right there. You throw, you throw an interception in your own territory, deep in your own territory, you hand them the ball. You literally give them the ball. You give them points. And then you actually driving. You're in the red zone. You turn the ball over. That's it. You don't get any more opportunities. That's the NFL. It's a game of inches. It's a game of chances. And when you have your chances, you got to take them. And too many times we've seen Dak Prescott have chances and not get it done. Let's not even say the interceptions. Take the interceptions out of it. T.Y. Hilton was wide open on that play where there's two seam routes down the field. T.Y. is on the left hash. C.D. Lamb is going up the right hash. Fred Warner recognizes it, drops back in the coverage. He forces the ball to C.D. Lamb. He targeted C.D. Lamb 13 times. In his head, he made up his mind that since C.D. only had four catches in the week before, that he was going to go to C.D. all game. I also fault Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones and the Dallas Cowboys for thinking that, oh, C.D. Lamb's a number one. He's all that we need. We don't need Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup coming back from an ACL. He'll be good enough. Noah Brown will be good enough. An older T.Y. Hilton will be good enough, who Dak clearly didn't trust because they haven't had enough time to build chemistry. They had no rapport. They had maybe a month together. There was also a Michael Gallup throw where Michael Michael Gallup gets open, and he's got the whole middle of the field to miss, Dak. He can miss, but he can't miss outside. And instead, he misses outside. Gallup tries to turn his shoulders and open up and get the ball. He can't get to it. Dak Prescott missed too many throws. And he was outplayed by a rookie that has played seven games to his seven years in the NFL. That's not good enough. And uh, I don't know how the Cowboys go about changing it. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. They're stuck with him till 2026. I think it's a change at the offensive coordinator position. If if Kellen Moore moves on and takes a head coaching job or an OC job elsewhere. If not, I just expect more of the same. And that's why I'm fed up. I'm done with it. I, I, I didn't support them fully all year because I knew they were fraudulent. You heard me on the fan say they're frauds. They're frauds when they lost to the Packers, when they lost to the Jaguars, when they lost to the Commanders. I kind of knew they lost to the Commanders that they would bounce back the next week against the 8-9 and nine 
Tampa Bay Bucks, 46-year-old Tom Brady, and a Bucks team that was the worst team in the playoffs. But then you go on the road to face the 49ers, who you have a rivalry with, who um, has been to seven NFC championships and two Super Bowls since you went to one 27 years ago. The Niners could potentially be back in the Super Bowl again. And the Cowboys, I don't know when they're going to get back. This defense I feel bad for because they showed up and Dan Quinn has led that unit from being the worst unit in the NFL, the worst Cowboys defense all time. Dan Quinn turned them around. They drafted well. They figured it out. Uh, but the offense let them down, and specifically Dak Prescott, again, is in another nightmare where he can't hit receivers, and he's actually completing passes to the defense, and the Dallas Cowboys lose, and America's team to laugh at gets laughed at again. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you know, <clears throat> I agree with uh, what everything you're saying. You know, Dak Prescott had two interceptions and turned into six points. You know, I agree. Fortunately for him, he was lucky it wasn't about five. And uh, a lot, just a lot of bad balls. Uh, he's not a top quarterback. You know, it's funny. It's not really funny with the Cowboys, but we had great quarterbacks with Starback and Aikman. And we also, the Cowboys also have a history of having pretty good quarterbacks that just never went over the hump. Danny, I don't know if you're young enough to remember the Danny no, White. No, I know Danny White he and was, Romo and Dak are all right in. up there with Starback. Tony Romo and now... Unfortunately, it looks like Dak, and he just seems so uncomfortable taking a sack. Maybe he takes it personal. It's the same old Zap, though. You know what it is? I'm glad you mentioned that, Gene. Turnovers, and he's not able to carry the team. The guy broke his leg. He doesn't run anymore. He's not the same running threat, right? He's got to step up in the pocket and go take what you can get. Mm -hmm. Watching Daniel Jones this year, when it wasn't there for Daniel Jones because he was was outmatched, because he didn't have great receivers, he went and got five yards. Eight yards, whatever he could get. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned a disconnect with K- Kellen Moore, Keith. I, my opinion, I don't think it's uh, Kellen Moore. I don't. He's a top coordinator. He's going to be a head coach. I think it's Dak. He is who he is, and uh, I, I, that's just. My I don't know how Kellen Moore came up with that last play of the game. Sad in that game because in that halftime you had. The issue with Dak was having a bad game. You had Tony Pollard, who was was out with an injury, and you had this kicker, Brett Maher, that, you know, was going to affect the game. So, uh, and all all my friends said I was negative and pessimistic about Dallas. So when Dak had that really great game against um, Tampa Bay, they kept texting me and my phone exploded. But I basically said, hey, it's about time Dak does this, and you're going to have, and that's going to mean that for the next nine games, he's going to have a bad game. So it's game one. He was due to lay an egg the next week. Thanks for the call, Gene. I can't talk about the Dallas Cowboys anymore. This is New York. We don't have to. I mean, I'm honest with you guys to let you know that I'm not a Jets fan. I'm not a Cowboy or I'm I'm not a Giants fan. I'm a Cowboys fan. But that's my own mistake, right? I made that decision when I was young. And I'm having a hard time with it, honestly. If I plan on being in New York and being in the media, what what purpose of being a Cow what what purpose does being a Dallas Cowboys fan serve? And, I, you know, I've been having these thoughts to myself, like, who am I being loyal to? My my younger self? My younger self would look at me now and say, yo, Keith, stop it already. You don't, you don't have to be loyal to Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones doesn't know you. Jerry, jo- Jerry Jones doesn't deserve your fandom, doesn't deserve you to rep his team. You know, but I think as a fan, you should be loyal to the team that you chose. But kids make the wrong decisions. I made an uneducated decision. Like I say all the time, I chose the team before I actually really knew where the city of Dallas was. 
and uh, talking to my wife about it. I'm like, when we have kids, girls, boys, whatever, when they go to choose their team, like, if they're looking at me, Yankees obviously is locked in. Like, there's, there's no say there. But I don't want them looking at me on Sundays and saying, I want to be a Cowboys fan. I already put the curse on my mom and my sister. They watched me growing up rooting for the Cowboys. So they became Cowboys fans. And I feel bad that I dragged them into the misery. But Jerry Jones is cursed. I don't think he's going to win anything. And he defaulted into giving Dak Prescott $40 million a year. That's your guy, Jerry. So you better figure it out with him. And I've seen Dak. I, I, he's not good enough. And I've tried to support the guy. I've tried to be in his corner. He is not good enough to win in this NFL. You can put receivers and tight ends and a good offensive line an explosive running back, a good defense with the guy, he will find a way to mess it up, to turn the ball over, to miss open receivers. And there are a ton of Cowboys fans that show up to that stadium, something like they average like 86,000. There are a ton of Cowboys fans across the world, and they're miserable. It's another wasted season, back-to-back years, 12 wins. And where do you go from here? I'm not I I haven't been I haven't been sold on Mike McCarthy still. I still don't trust his clock management. Kellen Moore, I guess people say he's a genius, but like I said, why why are you running a play where you've got is like you're adding insult to injury. America's team to last laugh at. I didn't even see the last play because I had the game off. But who drew up you putting your running back at center to snap the ball? And I guess you thought you'd have some lime in the block, but like that play wasn't working against the Niners defense. They look like clowns. And, How about them Cowboys? And on that note, we have to stop talking about the Cowboys. But I understand you guys want to call and talk to a Cowboys fan on the fan. I know Recco's not taking calls on the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I don't really want to, but I will. Zach is in Rockville Center. What's up, Zach? You got it. Keith, what's going on, man? I just you're being really hard on yourself. Uh, I really just want to let you know. Whenever you talk Cowboys, you always end it with, you know, the explanation of, of why you're a Cowboys fan. And, and you know, that's you're, you're a fan. You know, you don't have to explain to anybody why you're a fan. That's who you chose. And they happen to be miserable. But, you know, I love when you talk Cowboy football because talking Cowboy football is talking Giants football because talking Cowboy football is all bad news, man. There's nothing really yeah, good to say about the Giants Cowboys unless it's in the regular Drinking season. these tears. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll listen to you talk Cowboy football all day, man. You know, I, I was scared seven years ago when, you know, the, the Cowboys were there 13-3 and three that year, but two of the losses were against the Giants. You know, you had Dak and Zeke, and they were on their rookie deals, and I was terrified. But I forgot that it was the Dallas Cowboys, you know? Yeah. Like, I had no reason to be afraid at all. They're going to find a way to mess it up. Yep, they're inept. That last play, that last play, man, when, you know, I'm, I'm a big dude, you know, 6'3", played college football, I'm college baseball. I, I, feel, I feel inadequate when I – talk bad about these guys in the field, but Zeke got plowed, man. He got ran over. I don't know how that play was supposed to develop. Kellen Moore is a very good offensive coordinator. He's a brilliant mind, man. He's a great quarterback at Boise State, but I have no idea what they were Embarrassing. Going, That's embarrassing. I'm yeah. glad I didn't see that final play. I understand the viral videos of people punching the TV and bugging out seeing that play. That just was stupid. There was three minutes before they ran the play. They call timeout, then the Niners call Mike timeout. Mike McCarthy, clock management. Forever. Yeah, yeah. At least so for for your Giants, right? I look at the Giants and I'm like, they're not going to be inept probably for the near future, 10 years. You've got a good GM, a good head coach, 
And let those guys pick the groceries. Let them go draft their guys. Let them go sign well, their guys. And I dude, guarantee you the Giants will be a, a organization that uh, finds its way to get back to being elite and being in the conversation. Look what they did this first year. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I called you last week, you know, uh, before the – oh, after the Viking game, and how Danny Dollars, you know, everybody's saying, this is the guy, this is the guy. I hear, I hear – in the same breath, I hear Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Daniel Jones. These are all young guys. I'm like, I'm like, oh, slow down. And I knew the predictable Giants fan. That, oh, you know, I have a bunch of friends who are Giants fans, and they're all a lot of them are terrible fans. In my that after this game, you run into the number one team in the AFC, a buzzsaw of a defense in a position where you weren't even supposed to be there in the first place, and now. Oh, he's not the guy. I heard this guy. I heard this guy call up, and he was an older guy. So I don't know if he had the ability to to to, to perform a troll job. He was older, and he said, "What they got to do is fire the entire coaching staff and bring in Russell Wilson." I mean, <laughs> aren't you happy the Russell Wilson talk on the fan that we had last year didn't go that way? Look what he yeah. did with the Broncos. Now Daniel Jones, I I think I came on and said, "Hey, don't you know? Don't turn on Daniel Jones because of what you saw." in Philly because everybody was riding high on what they saw in Minnesota. But I do think there's a a safe, like, middle area for us all to land in. We do have to come to, like, a middle ground. That The the guy is a good quarterback, but he is not elite yet. You hope that he can become – Yeah, you hope that with Dable and with some weapons he can become uh, part of the upper echelon quarterbacks because you're not going to get there, right? Like, Mahomes is in the Final Four every year. Burrow now is telling people we're in our championship window every year that I'm here. You know, Jalen Hurts and this Eagles team, they're stacked. I don't think they're going anywhere for a little while either. And look at Kyle Shanahan just lucks out and picks uh, Iowa State quarterback with the last pick of the draft, and that might be his guy. Pretty good, pretty good. So, you know, and you look around the league, right? Josh Allen, I think, was affected by not having Brian Dable. Not having yep. somebody in his ear to say, hey, take care of the football. You're going to kill us. I, I can't believe how much one man's brain changes an entire offense, an entire organization. Josh Allen theoretically took a step back this year. It's because he didn't have Brian Dable. And Dale Jones took 10 steps back ahead this year because he had Brian Dable. I can't believe how much one guy affects everything. It, it blows my it's mind. It's a voice. I'm happy that we got him. That's why I was saying about Dak, like, it's a voice in your head. When you're going through your progressions, you're thinking about your coaching. If you have a coach that, 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 look, like, that first game against Tennessee, we all talked about how Dable chewed out Jones. That's coaching. These are grown men. They're professionals. He's not trying to embarrass him. He's looking out for the team. And he's nipping that in the bud early. Exactly. Like, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. You're going to throw away the game. You're not doing that. I'd rather you do anything else but turn the ball over in the red zone. And I don't think Dak has a strong enough coach in his ear. Kellen Moore isn't. Kellen Moore was was in the league when Dak pretty much got in the league. I think I think Dak Dak is younger than Kellen Moore, but Kellen Moore's career. You know, so it's like it's different. Now Brian Dable commands a different respect. And when he's coaching up Daniel Jones, he's definitely in his head. Kellen Moore is 34. So he was, you know, but I'm saying he's in the league as like, you know, he I think he played with Romo. He's not a strong enough voice to like I put some type of fear into him, right? I think Daniel Jones yeah. legit feared having to go to film and have a guy like Brian Dable say, I told right. you not to do that. Yep. Yep. 
damn right, man. It makes a difference. Thanks for the call, Zach. But I'm telling you, coaching matters. You hear Tiki Barber say it in the morning, coaching matters. And you think because these guys are professionals that they don't need coaches. Yes, you do. And the perfect example we have here in New York is look at Josh Allen without Brian Dable. He's a turnover machine because he's thinking, I'm good enough to force this ball in. I'm good enough to make this throw. No, you're not. Think about the team. Think about the game. Think about the situation. Take what the defense gives you. You can't always force it. Check it down. Throw it away. Live to fight another day. Keep McPherson on the fan. I got to take a break, y'all. I'll be right back. When this happened, you talked about it on the fan. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Number 62 to set the new American League record. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Mike check, one, two, one, two. Mike check, one, two, one, two. The Devils win. The Devils are good. The Devils are rolling. I don't know if you noticed. I came in here wearing my Devils jersey tonight. I got to get back over there. I got to pay more attention. I mean, I'm paying attention, but I, I don't get to watch every game. They won. I watched the Penguins game that they won. Uh, Sunday in overtime, you know, in between the football, I watched that. That was cool. Another so the last three games for the Devils, the, the Devils have gone to overtime. The last three. It's funny I mentioned the newest expansion team, the Kraken. That was who they lost to last Thursday in overtime, four three. The last two games uh, against the um, Tuxedo Chickens, they beat them two one. Sunday. And then they just beat the Golden Knights, the second newest expansion team in the NHL. 3-2 over there at the Rock. Like, the Rock is jumping. Like, I, I got to get back over there for real. Let me look at this schedule and try and zero in on when I can go to a game. Because, like, tonight, I can't go to the game. I got to host five hours. Can't even watch the game because it's on ESPN plus Hulu. We don't have that in here. I don't have access to that. So, I missed it. But I kept my eye on the score. And then during the break, I checked the score. And then I checked Twitter, and the New Jersey Devils Twitter does a great job at trolling whoever they beat. They're ready. And they got the dub in OT. Like, they're just a, they're a good team because they're never out of it. They can score in a hurry. They have multiple guys that can do it. And there's just a different energy and vibe around the Devils this year. I love it. Vinny is on Long Island on the fan. Go for it, Vin. Yeah, man, we got to get more... Uh more of this devil's talk on this radio station nowadays. Listen, the last few years, it's been quiet. No big deal. It's fine. But now this time around, this year, listen, I know it's the first year we've been kind of, you know, all the devils are relevant for the first time in years. It's okay. Let that happen. But, you know, I'm enjoying this while I can. And, yeah, man, we got to get more devil's talk on this radio. Uh, yeah, I don't know who else is going to drive it besides me. <laughs> These are all Rangers, man. Islanders fans here. I know, man. They're intimidated by all the Ranger Islander fans. They don't want to call up the fan and you know, express themselves. I don't. I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> I appreciate it. I mean, the Devils have welcomed me in. This is my first full season, actually, like paying attention, and it's going very well. 
Yeah, man. But I feel the struggle of not being able to go to games. It's, it's tough because there's so many weekday games. I was talking to a friend about this, and he said that he can't even go to many games because it's almost like 65 70% of them are during the week. He's like, it's like one Sunday game and maybe an occasional Saturday night game. So it's, it's tough to get to the Rock. Yeah, but like these these weekday games are more affordable. and Oh, yeah, of course. You have like Detroit coming in. It's like 15 bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's lit for a regular fan that doesn't work at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really, right? People don't work till 5 o'clock, 5.30. People work till like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you know? Yeah, so what do you got? You watched the game. I didn't get to see it. I'm um, looking at yeah, the... Yeah, man, that game, was, that game was wild. That game was uh, it was back and forth. And it's just funny because, you know, the last four games, they've gone, they've had to pull their goalies, and they've scored that way with the last, you know, few minutes left. So it's pretty crazy to just see like it keep happening over and over again. It's always Dougie Hamilton now. It's he's just a surefire to square me every day. Dougie Fresh, y'all. Dougie team. Hamilton. I'm looking at the NHL Game Center on it. I feel like he's been clutch lately. It isn't just Jack Hughes, is Nico Heischer. They're just the whole team. There's a group of guys that they believe and they play tough. And man, I'm trying to fast forward us to the spring, to the playoffs, because I think we'll really enjoy watching the Devils get to the NHL playoffs and make some noise, and I hope they can make a run. I hope so, man, because the last time I was there, I was at that game three against Tampa when uh, they won. That was the only game they won that series, but uh, that that place was unbelievable. I I haven't seen a place like that in years, and I've been a fan since I was born, so it's it's pretty crazy to turn around and say one game is like, that playoff atmosphere is something else. There, while they're shaking boards, they're just bringing, they're sneaking horns in. They don't care. They're making noisemakers. They're doing everything they can. Yeah, they have That's a great fan fun. base, and there's like a a group of fans in one section in the Rock that like leads all the. I gotta get in with like the fan because I'm in with the Bleacher Creatures with the Brooklyn Brigade. I gotta get in with the like diehard Devil fans and it's, find out about nice. that group. It's nice when you go to like a Tuesday night game against like Detroit or like Minnesota and like in the the side streets of the like Reds and all that, that's all filled out. I was the game, I was this game like a month ago, and that place was packed. It was like a Tuesday night game. So I decided to go to the last minute. Yeah, so I went to a Saturday Florida Panthers was. game, and I was in American Whiskey. That place was packed. It was, you know, the that's Saturday like nights are, are ridiculous hey, out you gotta, there. You got to, like, sneak up to the front to get, get any service there, but they're, they're awesome, though. They're a good place. Yeah. Well, thanks for the call, Vinny. Appreciate it. Devils fans, feel free to call the fan and uh, express yourselves and talk about your team and feel good about the fact that you're winning games and don't feel like it's just uh, Islanders and uh, Rangers talk. I mean, I know we're in New York, but there's plenty of people in New Jersey listening. Let's go to Bill in Danbury, Connecticut, next up on the fan. Hello, Bill. Hey, Keith. Nice to finally talk to you. Congratulations Welcome. on uh, all your you. success, man. It's been a uh, fun listen on my way home at night. So just wanted to appreciate you, you know, getting uh, getting your chance. You're doing a great job with it. Thanks. Um, yeah, for sure. Just wanted to circle back on the Giants. You know, I'm a pretty practical person. I know there's a lot of uh, reactions to the Giants season, how it ended. But really, my two takeaways, you know, really, I guess three. Uh, Dable is the real deal. You know, Kafka seems to be the real deal. We want to keep those guys together as long as possible. I think Daniel Jones has a chance, you know, to be a career quarterback. Like you said before, the last break, you know, is he ever going to be a lead? Is he ever going to be Andrew uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers? Probably not, but he's going to be a guy who can work in a system. 
And uh, once they could get some receivers around them, I'd really be excited to see what he can do because uh, it's still really difficult to put a finger on the pulse of him at this point. Um, and then I know you're a big Nets fan. I'm a Knicks fan, but I did wonder your opinion. I know – well, I remember when you guys got Harden and Durant and you know, Kyrie. It was a real exciting just for basketball, I felt. You know, it was just a cool uh, – you know, cool story, and I really thought the Nets were going to make some noise. Obviously, you know, there was a bunch of between COVID and Kyrie and, you know, Harden's departure, you know, didn't work out the way you felt. But I wonder, do you feel that Durant has kind of left a bad taste in his mouth at this point? You think he's, you know, he's won championships. You know, where do you put him in? Where do you think his mindset is right now? Uh, that If Durant has left a bad taste in the fans' mouth or if – no. I, Durant has a bad taste in his mouth with the way things kind of went down with the big three and everything Oh, about else. the Nets? No, no. So, I mean, yeah. let's go back to your Daniel Jones stuff. Um, you know, when I talk about Daniel Jones, I also try to add the intangibles. The fact that this kid, you know, he went through all the disrespect from his draft day uh, to being booed at Yankee Stadium to people writing him off even this year saying Tyrod Taylor could take his job by week eight. Like, he went through all of that and still triumphed. That's the kind of guy that you do reward with a contract and you stick with. And the fact that he's doing it in New York, it shows you he's got this, like, mental toughness, this intestinal fortitude that if you do put talent around him, it's hard enough to try and draft a quarterback, develop a quarterback, find a quarterback. There's no need to run from Daniel Jones. I think they'll meet somewhere reasonable for his contract and I think Giants fans got to feel good about that like this kid balled out this year he showed you he can run it he can throw it now they got to get him some weapons get him a little better offensive line and see if he can take another step forward where he's actually throwing more touchdown passes because that's the only knock on him right there were 15 touchdown passes and people people just look at the numbers and they don't watch the games and they don't realize like that's by design they were being conservative they didn't want this kid taking as many chances where he would throw the ball into the defender's hand. So Daniel Jones, I think, is is smart. He's he's a, a big dude. He's an athlete, and I think he he can still get better under Dayball. Now with the Nets, uh, I'll say this as a Nets fan. I was excited for KD, Kyrie. Wasn't really that excited about Harden until he started playing. But like for the Nets, it's always been the lowly Nets, the second-class citizens. You know, we can never have anything, and... You know, we started to get some success in 2018 with that group, and they got rid of a lot of those guys. They brought in KD Kyrie, and the whole thing with bringing in these two superstars that have championship rings was that they were going to come together and bring a championship to Brooklyn. It hasn't happened yet, but I feel like this is the year. Um, not that they win a championship, but this is the year that they go all in and try to win a championship and maybe get close. Uh, Kevin Durant, I think, is a businessman. I think he's a basketball mind, a true hooper. I don't think he's really that phased by anything. I know he requested the trade in the summer, but now Nets fans are looking at him like he was right. You know, this organization, a big turnaround in this season was firing Steve Nash. He called for Steve Nash's job. Sean Marks, we felt like didn't do enough with the roster. He called for him to be let go. And now the microscope is on Sean Marks for this trade deadline to see if he actually goes out and gets the pieces uh, to make this team better. You know, he obviously inherits Ben Simmons. That matchup is coming up. I am not looking forward to it. It's just another uh, stupid opportunity in Philadelphia for their fans to make signs and T-shirts 
and chant and make it about something else. It's tomorrow. We'll have coverage on the fan, Brooklyn Nets Radio, the Nets versus Sixers at 7.30. And there's no KD in this game. So most likely you're going to get Joel Embiid and James Harden. And if you remember last year, KD and Kyrie went down there in that first game that Ben Simmons wasn't active for. He wasn't active at the end of the year last year. But that first game after the trade, I think it was March 10th, trade deadline was like a, a month before that. And their fans were like showing up to the hotel and doing all this stupid stuff. But KD kind of took it on as like, he's with us now. And they went down there and smacked the Sixers. And they shut down Embiid. And that's when he kind of, you know, was talking trash to Embiid. Kyrie was going off. Kyrie had Harden locked up. Harden had nothing for him. And I think that the uh, the Sixers will be revved up for this game. And I do not expect Ben Simmons to do anything. I really like my expectations are low on talking Nets podcast that I do with Robin Lumberg and my boy Hudson Flynn. I always say like I I'm not expecting anything from Ben Simmons. So whatever he does. It doesn't do anything for me. Like, I'm not expecting him to have a triple-double. I'm not expecting him to score 20 points. I'm not expecting him to hit free throws. I'm not expecting him to be able to set screens. I guess I expect him to defend, but I can't expect him to defend because he's going to get in foul trouble and, and get taken off the floor or, like, he got, you know, thrown out of the game in the Phoenix game. He got into foul trouble, mouthed off, got teed, got tossed. And it's just like, this dude is on this team. The Nets were the only team dumb enough to make a trade and inherit him. It is what it is. They ended up getting a couple picks. They also got Seth Curry in the deal, who's been all right for the Nets right now. But this team is all about Kevin Durant. They got a reevaluation today, or not even a reevaluation, an update today that he'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Katie, I don't know about the knee or whatever, but he's hurt every year. And I respect him. I, I've been on air saying that I think he's a GOAT. Like, I think when his career is over, they're going to put him up there in, like, the top 15, top 10 players of all time in the NBA. And then I think some of the narratives will fade about him being a snake or a cupcake or, you know, not driving the bus, needing someone else to lead the way because he's led the way for the Nets when he's available. But, like I said, he's missed time every year. He's been hurt every single year, and that's kind of frustrating as a Nets fan. Like, as a Nets fan, you've seen the Nets lose plenty. But when you see them lose and you know they have Kevin Durant, who literally changes the whole complexion of any game he's in, it's frustrating. But the Nets were able to figure it out their last two games on the road. Kyrie Irving stepped up. He said, you know, I'm, I hear people saying that, you know, I got to step up and, and be the first option, be the main scorer, be whatever. And he said, you know, it's all about winning. And they found ways to win in these last two games on the road against Utah and against the Golden State Warriors. Ben Simmons is like a non-factor, but Nick Claxton has raised his game. So, I mean, I hope they keep com- keep competing, but I don't know when Kevin Durant is coming back. He might miss another All-Star game, but he said he wants to play. They interviewed him today. He said, I- I'd want to play tomorrow, but they're going to take it slow. And uh, when KD comes back, I would like to see them make a move. I would really like to see the Nets make a move for Nas Reed. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Nas Reed. Uh Nas Reed is um, from New Jersey. He's from Asbury Park, where I'm from. And I think he went to uh, the Rainy School? Or he went to some private. He didn't go to AP High School. But he's 6'9", and he's a Jersey guy. He ended up playing at LSU. He's with the Timberwolves now. And he's the kind of big that I think would add some juice to his team. The Nets have inquired about him. And supposedly they're looking around, and there's there's rumors that the Nets are going to be super active 
at this trade deadline. So we'll see it. I think that with Kevin Durant requesting a trade in the summer, with Kyrie opting in, with Ben Simmons being available, he wasn't available last year, they looked at those three as the big three and the Nets being all in this season. And the Nets did win 12 games in a row. They didn't lose from December 4th to January 4th. They didn't lose for a month. But then KD goes out. It's deja vu. Uh, they stumbled a little bit because they had to figure out how to adjust to playing without him. But I think they've adjusted. I think they have talent uh, around KD or around Kyrie without KD and Royce O'Neal and Joe Harris and TJ Warren and Seth Curry and some other little pieces here and there. But I don't know if it's going to be enough to really like sustain where they were. They were number two in the standings in the East. They've dropped down to four, I believe. And I really hope they don't drop much further because we saw last year KD was out. They go from two to like eight, nine. Then they end up in the play-in after they lose 11 games in a row. But the Nets are 29 and 17. They're holding fourth place. They've got some challenges coming up. And uh, yeah, like I said, we'll have Brooklyn Nets radio on tomorrow. Capper and Carino with the call from Philadelphia. I would love to see them knock off the 76ers. And then the Nets come home for Chinese New Year. Special night in Brooklyn Thursday night as they host the Pistons. I don't think I'm going to that game. Saturday, they face the Knicks in Brooklyn. I don't think I'm going to that game either. But then LeBron comes to town on Monday. I don't know. I probably should go to that game. See Bron Bron. I don't know. I heard Evan talking about we don't know how many times we will see LeBron. Like He's at the end of his career, and he is the actual GOAT. I'm a Jordan guy. I'm wearing Jordans right now. I wear Jordans like every day. I love Michael Jordan. It was my intro to the NBA, but LeBron is different. Like LeBron, we've never seen anything like LeBron. LeBron is the GOAT. And uh, I get the rings and all that, but LeBron is the guy. He is the best basketball player we have ever seen. And don't call me up and debate it. We don't need to do that. Young Josh is in Passaic on the fan. Go for it, Josh. Hey, Keith. How you doing? Great, man. Moving right along here. Where with the Devils. Great win tonight. I mean, they came back again, and mark my words, in a few years, you're going to see Jack Hughes on the cover of the NHL Xbox PS4 game. Yeah, one day they're going to look at him as the best player in the NHL. They're already looking at him like, yo, this kid is different. Yep. Right, because Crosby and Ovechkin by that time probably will be gone, and McDavid won't be as good as he is now. In the past, he made the shots he makes, obviously the hat trick he had, the way he got those goals in was great, but with the with the MLB Hall of Fame, just wondering which system you like better, the MLB one or the NBA one, right? The NBA one, you have much more players going, or you'd rather less players like the MLB? Well, I mean, I, this, I don't think people care as much about the NBA Hall of Fame, but I, I think they have a better system, and, I mean, they you know they give people their respect when they get there. You It just doesn't ever really become a topic of conversation because – the guys that are supposed to be in there are in there. Uh, with with Major League Baseball, I think we talk about it because it's like these writers can kind of snub guys or be selective about guys they like and don't like and bend the rules. And there are no rules, but there's some things held against, uh, you know, some players and not against others. So I don't know. I, I really don't even care about the Hall of Fame anymore. I, I will go one day um, – to Cooperstown, I'll go one day to Canton or whatever, but like I just think over time it's going to fade. It's not going to carry the same weight uh, with younger generations as it did in the past. I mean, maybe I'll care about it in 20 years. Right now, the players that are going on are guys that played 20, 30 years ago. 
and that point I wasn't lost. The only yeah. highlights I see are in these bunch highlights. Like when you heard Scott Rowland made the Hall of Fame today, it's like never okay. heard of him. Right, like that's what I said earlier. I'm like, there's young kids that literally have never heard of Scott Rowland. And with the Nets, I mean, big game coming up tomorrow versus the Sixers. Because if they beat them and the Nuggets beat the Bucks, they're back in that second seed. And that means three games in a row without KD, and maybe they could start building a drive. Then when KD comes back, he could be that centerpiece that just pushes them much more. Yeah, more and more I'm just, like, not thinking about KD coming back because there's a chance that they hold him out till the All-Star break. Like two years ago. Yeah, and this team's just got to figure it out without him. That was a big reason why KD requested a trade. He's like, what do you have without me? I know what I bring to the table, but, like, build the team around me. Maybe that's the reason... He might want to stay out a few weeks. He wants to see the team, see what else is there. Yes, it is a test for the rest of the roster. Who will rise and who will fold? And Jacques Vaughn. I got to mention Jacques Vaughn always. He is a good coach. He is a good energy guy, vibes guy. And he is the reason why they didn't go and lose five, six in a row here. They stopped the bleeding. And they beat Utah. And then they beat the defending champs on Sunday night. And and I think they'll, they'll compete against the Sixers. And we'll see what happens. They should beat... The Pistons and, I don't know, LeBron will probably come here and put on a show Monday. And Ben Simmons better not find a way to miss this game because that's what he's, he did the last Sixers game. Yeah, oh, my bad. Yeah, I would, and I want the Nets fans to boo out him. I wouldn't be surprised if Ben's back flares up and he can't play in Philly. Uh, but I'm just so over it, man. I'm so over it because it's it's just corny to have Ben Simmons on your team when he's the center of attention for – a team you play against, and, like, all these, like, trolls online, and he's just not it. Like, I get it. I understand the role that he's playing. Like, a lot of Nets fans still defend him and try and say, oh, he's like Draymond. No one complains when Draymond doesn't have any points. But I'm like, he's not Draymond. He's not. Like, you can't make that comparison. Right, Keith. Have a good night. Thanks for the call, Josh. We got to take a break here. 877-337-6666. We're heading to the top of the hour, my last hour on the fan tonight. Devils fans, I see you calling up, and you're going to tell me what you saw in the game since I didn't get to watch. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.